0: Hey, good afternoon. It's Jeremy with the Sissel Christmas Tree Farm located here in central Kentucky. Uh, it is just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Wanted to give a little bit of an update. Not a lot going on at the farm this time of the year for us. Um, when I left you guys, uh, we had done uh, some of the fall fertilization. Uh, the only thing significant that we did I would say the first week in November. It was really the last week of October, I believe. Um, might have been the first week in November. Was we did the uh, fall spraying, uh, where we had uh, I had split, wanted to split the uh, the dosage, I guess, uh, two weeks apart. I had did had done the uh, the majority of the fields we did towards the end of September, um, but I did have. Uh, some area that we still needed to spray that I had went light on the pre-emergent uh, and our pre-emergent that we're using currently is uh guard which is flumoxin and uh, I had some of the field that I went back through my notes and that was the area that we were lighter on the flumoxin at first those were the test rows so I did go back through and hit all those rows again at a full um Amount so that hopefully we get the, the the carryover all the way through the beginning of spring to uh, keep the weed seed from germinating. Also uh, on those rows, I, I did not do any fall fertilization, so I also added in the uh, ammonium sulfate to those as well, so that that brings us up to speed on all the the fields uh, as far as they got the pre and post emergent. I, and I didn't put glyphosate in it obvious, for obvious reasons. That's We don't have any actively growing uh, weeds or grasses right now. So it was just uh, the pre-emergent and the ammonium sulfate. I'm still working on the math on my amount of uh, powdered ammonium sulfate to put include in the uh, spray. Probably more to come on that by spring. We'll sit down and work it out. But for right now, I do them by 12 two ounce spoons per, uh, backpack sprayer. Right. So I think I'm way low. I think probably need a significant amount more than that, but that's what I'm using for now. Um, what else did we do? Um, at the end of October, the rows were laid out. So we had in October, you know, we did the tilling, we did the fertilization of the field, um, we let, we put the sulf we put the sulfur down for the fall application. Uh, and also for that, we laid the rows out or I started it. Uh, I laid out the fields, kind of continuing the spacing or at least the layout orientation of how my rows are currently running. We kind of went off the, the main road corridor that goes through the farm in the middle and, uh, squared up some corners and learning through trial and error, kind of how to do this, uh, you know, running, running lines, uh, all the way down each side and leaving those there for the whole year, um, probably will help us. So we don't have to like piecemeal it together. Um, so laid out, laid out the beginnings of the rows for, what we were going to plant in spring. I did have some remaining Meyer spruce that we needed to plant. I did pot some of it, but I did end up with the, with more than I needed. I kind of ordered in advance anticipating more death than actually happened, uh, in my spruce field. So I had extra, so we split it. I, I potted some, and then, uh, I went ahead and planted, uh, I think four rows of mire. Went ahead and planted those for this fall. Uh, again, I wasn't planning on planting a whole, whole lot this fall. Mainly just replacing what had died in the previous year. Um, but Anyway, went ahead and planted those. Got the spacing worked out on that. Uh, adjusting our spacing just a little bit. And I uh, still don't know that I'm exactly where I want to be at as far as spacing goes, but we're just living and learning. Um, so I adjust my spacing. We're going to give up on cross mowing. Um, for those of you guys and gals that cross mow, God bless you. Uh, we're going to give up cross mowing, uh, meaning we're only going to mow one direction. Uh, between the rows is the area that we are going to mow. Um, I am making my row spacing, uh, Unofficially, Officially, it will be over seven feet, right? So it will be somewhere between seven to seven and a half feet, depending on who's holding the, uh, the spacing uh, pipe for the start and, and end of each row. Uh, so it'll be seven foot, it, which is the minimum amount of space that it could be, you know, plus or minus a few inches on each end. So it'll be seven foot between row, um, and we're going to go six foot between trees. Now I'm toying with the idea of going five foot. Um and I've seen some people that say five and a half foot, but honestly, I don't want to have to do the math every time on five and a half foot to you know for the next tree. So I we're going we're going over seven feet between rows and just right at six feet between trees. My thought process is uh as such, um I Last year, I did some rows. I did most of my farm in eight foot between rows, and I did some that I thought I did in seven, but I come back and my son was holding the uh, row spacer, and it, we we actually did them closer to six foot apart, right? So eight foot, the reason behind my madness is eight foot was too much. Like, I am I got some wasted space there for the equipment that I'm using, and six foot was too small. But I've got areas that whoever was holding the row spacer when we started the row started it at like six and a half foot and that you know and in some areas it got closer to six foot and it's not big enough for the mower that i use so settling on seven foot hopefully it's a comfortable medium i actually ended up having a couple rows that were there were probably closer to seven foot and those seem to be the best i could potentially still go back to eight foot and then and then toy with the idea of a little bit closer between trees but for right now seven foot between rows, six foot between trees. We are going to continue to spray. I'm saying it so I can keep it into existence. I'm gonna time it, I'm gonna have my plan written out uh, so that I can get it put down in the time periods that I need to, unlike last year where I was playing catch up the whole time. Um, We're ahead of the curve now, we've got pre-emergent on everything uh, even even the rows that I'm planting in the spring, and those are freshly tilled rows, I went ahead and walked those rows and sprayed our pre-emergent down just to try to help uh, in the spring as well. Now, again in the spring, prior to bud break, I will we're going to spray it and fertilize uh, again. So hopefully, a combination of the fall and the spring pre emergence that will hopefully help us out tremendously this coming year. Uh, We will find out for sure. Um, What else did we do? I talked about uh, potted trees. We had a little over 600 potted trees, 500 uh, plug cananes, and uh, over 100 plug... um, Drawing a blank. Nordman. Uh, We did also have 50 baby blue colorado blue spruce those are going to be landscape trees and we also had 50 nor norways also will be landscape trees um where we're at right now it is coming up on time for me to start uh code stratification on some seeds uh, every seed that we grow or will grow has a, a little bit of a different code stratification process and i'm new to this um at least in the form of, of mass production and, and this amount of seed at one time. Uh, but we will be code stratifying our Nordman and our Kinane, kind of the same process. Um, and I, I I like to thank uh, Vans Pines for answering some questions for me. Uh, they've been very helpful, and they didn't have to be, but they've been very helpful kind of answering in some questions, um, specifically on cold storage and, and stratification of seeds and stuff like that. Um, we're going to soak. So we're going to soak our uh, seed probably for 24 hours, and then we are going to uh, put it in perforated bags, stored in in the in the refrigerator. Uh, somewhere between 30, what 34 and 36 degrees is the is the ideal. Um, we'll also get rinsed in a one uh, percent or a two percent peroxide solution. I don't know if that's necessary for Nordman, but I do know that it it seems to be necessary for Canaan. I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do it all for the Canaan, and I'm gonna do a split uh, application on the Nordman just to see if it's effective or needed or anything like that. Uh, And also, we germinating from seed. uh, The uh, Dunstan chestnut, don't do a lot of that, but uh, it it is also a tree that we grow here. off topic from this podcast, but we will also be germinating that from seed. Um, I hope everybody's having a, a good opening season. I, I think we talked about it not having pre cuts this year. Um, you know, results vary on those pre cuts, and without having a rel- reliable supplier of pre cuts that we can guarantee, you know what they're going to look like before we get them or actually be able to physically pick them out. I'm just going to get out of that business for a while um, until we can grow our own or if something else happens, you know, in the future. Uh, I will say that I did go by Lowe's today. I had to pick up a couple buckets and lids and uh, it is, yeah, like I say, the week before Thanksgiving uh, at this time, you know, it was, this was last week. It was uh, Thursday or Friday. Uh, Christmas trees are already at lows. And I can say, I should have shot some video, um, but I checked some trees, and they're already losing needles. And these are balsams. So these are balsam fir. uh, Beautiful. I mean, these are beautiful-looking trees. Um, They smell good. They look good. Um, Priced pretty adequately, I think. I mean, that for the most part, they were maybe 10 to $12 a foot. I mean, it's the the uh, the ones that were eight or nine foot were 109 dollars so that's you know it's really not bad 12 bucks a foot and the smaller ones were only like 50 and 70 bucks so the price is it's definitely comparable around here um but i don't know when they were cut because i checked about five trees and all five trees when i grab you know and do the needle check right just grab a a whirl and just hold on to it a little bit and kind of pull my hand back i'm already getting needles um, and I was shaking some branches and needles were falling out. So, I, I mean, ultimately, I feel sorry for the customer that goes out and they see these beautiful trees. They smell good. They look good. And they're buying them right now. And it's early to be buying a tree anyway. And who knows when these were cut. I mean, I, I walked around in the back of Lowe's and they have a semi-truck trailer, like a, a Connex or a Van, full of these trees and they're just sitting there they're not in water they're not i mean it's just a, it's just a bad deal for everybody so if you're listening to this and you're in you're looking for a tree you know i can't sell you a tree right now i wish i could but i'll refer you to any christmas tree farm that potentially has trees that you can actually cut don't buy a pre-cut unless you just absolutely have to if you do buy a Fraser, um in my opinion and you know the balsam ought to be good, but obviously those were not so i don't I don't want to speak on when they were cut, but to me it, it appeared that they were cut a long time ago for them to already be losing needles um because i'll it's been my experience that the balsam holds its needles pretty well um but it's they're already dropping, so they had to have been cutting at least three weeks ago so it's it's you know or two weeks ago and been out of water the whole time it's just a it's just a bad deal. So good luck out there. Get you a Christmas tree for everybody else. I probably won't have another podcast unless just, you know, uh, actually I will have another podcast, uh, as we're not getting any pre cuts this year and our trees are all too small to cut. I'm getting a tree from another Christmas tree farmer in the area. And, uh, I had gotten a Christmas tree from another Christmas tree farmer in the area last year and I'm not going back there. You know i'm not throwing anybody under the bus but uh you know there's options out there and i'm a i'm a farmer and i also am a consumer so i kind of get to see both sides of the spectrum there's just a handful of christmas tree farms here in my area so you guys can do the math on who it might have been uh but uh you know everybody has a right to to, to the experience that they want so you should You should shoot for that, and if you don't find it, there's lots of farms out there to go get it, okay? All right, talk to you guys later. Bye.